0: everyone and welcome to episode 255 of final fantasy union i'm your host daryl and i'm here with lauren
1: hi everyone
0: how is your uh life at the moment lauren
1: life is good it's busy but it's good how's life for you i'm older oh yeah you're another year older another year of not telling everybody that it's your birthday
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> Daryl is very embarrassed by his birthday. He I don't know what, like, I
0: just, no, it's not that I'm embarrassed, I just don't like to be the centre of attention. Mm, there's, a, there's a big difference there.
1: Mm, I do know, bless you. But I think it's like an ailment that is quite common amongst the people of England. Yeah. Nobody really here. No,
0: nobody wants to be the centre of attention, but everyone also wants to be the centre of attention. Yeah,
1: they want... <laughs> It's what makes it so difficult because it's just kind of like, I want to make a big deal out of you, but I know you'll hate it, but I have to want to do it anyway, regardless of the hurt and pain I yeah, may be it's inflicting. it's like this
0: weird thing over here where everyone wants to embarrass everyone else and make a big song and dance, even though I guess they do it primarily because of the fact they know it's going to make them uncomfortable.
1: Mm. I do it out of love. I always do it out of love, but I've learned my I've learned my lesson. I know never to do a birthday a birthday thing at a restaurant for an English person because they will hate you forever. Yeah, I mean even even I've started to get um just a bit a, a bit. I don't know, not upset about it, but I know not to do it with the kids because it just scares them.
0: I think in America, though, if you do those kind of things, everyone else kind of joins in. Mm, whereas yeah, over, they do. Whereas over it's here, really nice. if you do it, people are just like, really? Yeah, like you're oh, interrupting you're, our you're that, meal. You're that family.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. We used to do it at friendlies, And the funniest thing is the fact that um, because of licensing laws with the happy birthday song, everybody has to do a different, every restaurant has a different happy birthday song. And um, yeah, but it was fun. But we didn't do what what they did at our local place that we go to all the time where they put like sparklers in the freaking ice cream and black like, a cowbell. Yeah,
0: like cowbell, come out screaming.
1: But yeah, I always I always kind of liked being made... That scared made a, the children. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's what I was saying. But I, I kind of liked being made a fuss of. I don't know, I like being made a fuss of on my birthday because it's my birthday and it's... Not too hot and it's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. I mean, you know. (laughs) What? (laughs) Miss Congeniality. You must know this. I like quote it every year. April 25th. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. It's perfect day. Perfect date.
0: I don't think I've ever actually watched it.
1: You've not watched Miss Congenia. Oh, we are in for some treats.
0: Oh, well, here we go.
1: Yeah, you can find out why I love... Um, what's her name? Although you probably already know why I love her, because of s- Speed, to be fair. Speed. Yeah, Speed. I can't remember her name. It's really bad. Anyways, I am Speed. But what I did realize, though, is that just how many people have September 3rd as their birthday. I swear, that day, well, birthdays are everywhere. I
0: remember when I was at university, um, they talked about how even though uh, there's obviously 365 days in the year mm. uh, and you're very unlikely to meet someone who's got the February 29th birthday. Yeah. In a in a class of, like, in a class, the probability of of someone having the same birthday as you is actually not that high.
2: Mm.
0: No, not that low. Mm. So, like, in our lecture hall, you know, even though there weren't 360 people, he was like, two people in here will have the same birthday.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, I can't remember the actual calculations behind it, but I think yeah, it's 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 much lower than you think. Mm. It's like in your school year, when you've got like a hundred people, someone else will have the same birthday as someone else.
1: Oh yeah, April twenty fifth was quite popular as well. But then it's also because of the seasons as well, because you have to think like when people are locked up. Um, but even yeah. still, like, but I had like my family. That that's the weirdest thing is that my family has like no summer summer birthdays. There are like none. There are I no one of them summer them August. It's that's uh, yeah yeah. There's that's one. You said none. Well, you know, I guess like end of summer. Okay, end of summer. But like, <laughs> I have I have a dead space between the beginning of June until all, the end of August. Like that is a considerable chunk of of summer gone. <laughs> and you you have I mean well, Granite, only having four people. I guess you don't really have. Well, I don't know. Did you did you have a lot of summer birthdays with your family? No. No. So September like, birthdays. Yeah. September, It it's like a hose. It just lets go. And then all of a sudden, everybody's there. It's the start there. of the school year. Everyone's yeah. there. <laughs> Everyone is there. Anyway, so um, yeah.
0: this has nothing to do with Final Fantasy at all. But at least you get an insight into our lives mm. and the random conversations we have debates, and you can see how this spills over into Final Fantasy on a regular basis.
1: Oh, of course. Of course.
0: I do remember, actually, many years ago, we did our Cloud Strife Facts video, and Cloud has numerous birthdays.
1: <laughs> Good Cloud.
0: <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a definitive birthday. I think there is the Final Fantasy Seven birthday, mm. and then there's the uh, the Ivelisse Cloud birthday. Mm. I can't remember off the top of my head if there is also differences amongst the final fantasy seven birthdays but i don't think there is
1: yeah because of the um the because of the guides wasn't it like some of the guides were wrong
0: yeah i do, there was maybe i'm wrong here but i feel as though there was something with the american guide had it slightly different to the mm-hmm. japanese guide or something Yeah, There there were lots of discrepancies that existed between the North American version and the Japanese version. No,
1: you wouldn't guess that. No. Honestly, I thought we were all on the same page (laughs) for everything. Anyways.
0: Um, Yeah, so today we are going to be sharing a small story. We're going to be reminiscing with all of you uh, because it's, I I don't, I I didn't actually check (laughs) what, (laughs) what day it came out. But it was around this point that Kingsglaive came out five years ago. Mm. So I thought, since uh, since it was a magical moment for us, why don't we reminisce and share the story of our Kingsglaive journey? Because I feel, I feel as though we did this once before, probably five years ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's been five years. Yeah. And we'll probably tell the story in a very different way now because of the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we're going to do that today. It's going to be fun. Yes. We're going to see what we we both can remember about the experience. Oh my gosh. Um, But before we do that, we're going to do some shout outs for our Patreon supporters and we're going to kick things off with Lewis James at LJ Composer.
1: Zach Duranto.
0: Rachel Casterton at Drunken Vieira.
1: Barry Norton at Nortron Zero.
0: Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels.
1: Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Miles Ribbons. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namjin.
0: Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Ryzen. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23.
1: Sam Ennis.
0: Chris Willis.
1: Fayez Bilal. Chris Pope. Freya Stella.
0: Jared Brayland. Marco Lilu And Gregory. So, thank yeah. you so much, guys. And thank you, Lauren, for the wonderful voice.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, no, I've, I think I've, I've decided what I'll do. I think from now on, I will be doing a different voice every single time every single every single yeah
0: gonna, at least you didn't say every single person because i think yeah. that would be no
1: that would be really hard
0: yeah. every single person every single time
1: oh my gosh that'd be horrible uh no no not that but yes
0: so yes okay. king's Grave. um the, the story of this actually starts before the movie came out mm. and um i <laughs> a long, is, long my, time my memory is going a bit hazy here <laughs> but i i seem to remember in the build-up to king's Um, there was no word from Square as to whether or not it was going to get a theatrical release of any kind. Mm. And if I'm remembering correctly, the only location that had any kind of confirmation in the build-up was France. Mm. So I think Square France had said that they were going to do a a, a one-time screening for the movie. But there was nothing in the UK... I can't remember if they were planning to do anything in North America or Japan. Mm-hmm. But as they got closer to launch, uh, stuff started to come out about different things that were happening around the world uh, in, in relation to uh, screening the movie. But I do feel as though some of it was motivated by the delay of 15 mm-hmm. because they, they had to try and make Kingsglave into a bigger deal yeah. to try and yeah get like more, more interest around it. Uh, to try and drum up uh, enthusiasm for people to kind of download it and buy it so they decided to do uh, different screenings the one in the UK though again memory here i don't think it it was run by PlayStation Access right it wasn't run by Square Enix
1: i don't think so it definitely felt like it was because holly was in charge of like pretty much everything yeah
0: so i think i think PlayStation Access saw the um benefit of hosting a screening for it and Mm -hmm. uh, so they decided to kind of coordinate with square enix about how they could do it Mm -hmm. obviously from their perspective they got the chance to talk about it provide some coverage uh, interview the people related to it and just host a really cool event really yeah so we got invited to go to the kingsglaive uk premiere and um we were kind of classified as as kind of dignitaries to the site and that meant that although there were a lot there were two screenings weren't there um, there was an was there? upstairs yeah there was an upstairs one and there's a downstairs one
2: oh
1: yeah there was and so
0: we were in the kind of the uh the the special screening which was uh where a lot of the cast were and uh the cast families and all that stuff because I mean I think that was the thing that I I really liked about it because they did this I mean a lot of the cast for Kingsglaive were UK based mm-hmm. and if this premiere hadn't happened like you know, for some of them it was such a big opportunity, whether or not they were the motion capture artists or the or the voiceovers or even the the face models, you know, a lot of them, uh maybe it was some of the biggest things big I mean, like when do you ever get to be in like a Hollywood movie yeah. alongside Sean Bean and Lena Headey? Um, you know, so for for a lot of them it was it was huge. And if this premiere hadn't have happened, none of them would have been able to share that experience with people they knew. Yeah which obviously like if there were any other movies like normally there would be some kind of screening wouldn't there yeah where you'd get to go along and see it and and kind of see it on the big screen for the first time i mean you probably had the same thing as well for your independent movie you did right where there Mm. was like a cast screening where you all kind of watch we didn't no you didn't
1: no i don't think we did we had like a launch party but i can't remember oh maybe we did watch it there But yeah, it was very small. It was in someone's house. It wasn't like a huge thing. So this was like, yeah, this was like a first time.
0: But yeah, I mean, obviously with Kingslave, you can't just go around someone's house to watch it.
1: (laughs) Sure, again, sure, again. We can just all pop over to Japan and just be like, hey, so (laughs) we want to watch a movie now.
0: So yeah, like um, we we were in there, and yeah, they had this kind of like bit roped off, um, and yeah, you know, in there were some of the uh, people that had worked on the animation. There were some of the actors that like John Campling was was uh, milling around, mm. um, Liam Mulvey, um, and I think yeah, a lot, a lot of the kind of like the I want to say lesser, but like obviously like you had the three the A listers yeah. were there, um, and Sean Bean was was actually in attendance at the premiere.
1: We had Crow as well, yeah. Um,
0: and uh who the else? kids who the, yeah, kids the kids who were the face young, models young for, ravis and yeah young, young luna Freya, young uh
1: and then yeah i think that might have been that may have been it and the direct the director i think we've said um but yeah yeah
0: the director and the writer were there yeah, over yeah from yeah. japan yeah but yeah it's just really cool because um before the screening took place sean bean did not mingle mm. at all yeah <laughs> He, I don't know where he was hiding, but he was he was there at the event somewhere. Um, but yeah, in in the bit we were with, uh, we we got to speak to some of the actors, got to know them a little bit, and yeah, we got to speak to some of the people that had worked on the production of the movie, and it was really interesting to 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 speak to them as well because you know, it, uh, especially from the from the animator perspective. What you learned that a lot of them had never met the cast before, like they'd been completely in isolation. So yeah. John Campling had done voiceover, the, um, the likeness, and had also done the motion capture for Regis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work that the animators were doing was that they'd receive all of that from the studio. It would be sent to them wherever they were working and then they'd have to try and work with it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then... um I mean, a lot of them actually didn't know that Sean Bean was then yeah. replacing John Campling 'cause because I mean, John didn't know either when he was first doing it. He did it all assuming that um, he well, was going to be. I, it. I think like he may have had an inkling that there was the possibility there, mm. but he obviously did the whole role um, on because he didn't know. Like he, yeah. didn't, he didn't know whether or not he would still be the whole like Regis as a whole, yeah, or parts. of... He didn't because each of the different characters had three three people right there was the the face model the voice actor and then the motion artist yeah and i don't think it was really known who was going to be what combination was going to make it into the end
1: yeah it must have just been so i don't know how i would take it honestly like i mean i kind of can appreciate that like you know um that this has to happen in some cases because of the fact that like you want star power to sort of help promote your film. But I think that that's always kind of been the, the, the sad case of, of, um, of Square Enix is that like, they obviously pay a load of money in order to get these like really big actors in, um, to these films and stuff. But it's just like, but the content isn't meant for the people that they are that they're promoting it too, if that makes sense. Like, Aaron Paul fans generally don't think that they're really that into, like, Final Fantasy in the same they way. They may be. Like, Breaking Bad. Well, you just think about the fact that, like, Breaking Bad. Like, it makes sense with Lena Lita, uh, Lena Headey. Is that how? Lena Headey? Lena Headey. Lena Headey. Like, that makes sense. Game of Thrones... Like Final Fantasy, like that totally makes sense. Sean Bean, even to a degree, Game like of Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and stuff. Like he's he's had experience with fantasy and stuff. But even still, it's like it's just it's just hard to know how much of a difference having their inclusion made to how the film. Is like sort of carried on in the lifeline of yeah. Final Fantasy fifteen, and I guess
0: the interesting thing about this move is that, and I don't know why this this relationship or this weird um, uh, process exists. We've covered it numerous times in our videos and also on the podcast and through the interviews we've done with the voice actors themselves. But many years ago, after the spirits like with the spirits within, Square knew they had to get kind of triple A stars on board to to get people interested because they wanted it to be a theatrical release yeah and that's just what what is done right you don't have too many theatric big budget theatrical films that have no namers in the cast yeah it's just not what happens but with the video games um because voice acting was still very new they decided to go the opposite route and it wasn't the first approach they took because obviously kingdom hearts they decided to go for a big budget a-listing cast And Final Fantasy X, that was the original plan as well. Mm -hmm. But I think it was Jack Fletcher who uh, was the director, he managed to convince, I guess, Square Japan that it was a a bad idea to to do that. Because, yeah, the example he used was, imagine if you cast Tom Cruise as Titus. Then the character of Titus would be, oh, Tom Cruise is playing Titus. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas what he thought would be a better idea was to have it so that, oh, who's, that's Titus, right? Oh, who's playing him? Mm-hmm. And then the the voice actor, um, who would, I mean, they basically tried to cast people that were up and coming in the industry. The voice actor, it would be in their best interest to promote the fact that they are playing this character because the character is bigger than they are. Yeah. And like even now, uh, James Arnold Taylor, very, very successful voice actor. His big credits are Ratchet, obi-wan and titus yeah like still titus is one of the biggest roles he's ever done and what he's most known for yeah and he still gets asked about it all the time even even in the last like five to ten years he's been doing his his chat uh chats with chat talks mm. and where he's talking about the laugh scene and like bringing up the scripts like people still really want to hear him talk about the experience of voice acting titus but he was done he's probably done hundreds of different roles yeah and a lot of them, people aren't interested in hearing about. Yeah, and it's the same for a lot of the other uh, the mainline games in Final Fantasy. the The voice actors they've cast are kind of up and comers a lot of the time, and they've gone on to become huge. A lot of them. I mean, you you look at like the main ones since like Ali Hillis, Troy Baker, huge careers mm. after being cast in those roles. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy fifteen, the the cast of fifteen have like exploded. Like mm. Ray Chase is in everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, Robbie Damon, of course, has like been huge as well. Darren DePaul has been at like t- tons of roles, and like they w- they've done stuff beforehand, sure. But like it, the the landing that Final Fantasy role has been like the the difference maker for them to yeah. like really propel them on and give them the opportunity to do something crazy. Yeah, King's is a weird one. Like because I mean, advent children they didn't necessarily get A-listers for mm-hmm. they they got like high high class I'd say it, they weren't yeah. they they weren't Hollywooders like yeah. Rachel Lake Cook was like like yeah, like on the cusp but like you know not A-list yeah um Steve Burton obviously was was known for for TV mm-hmm. and like they've taken a similar approach with the Seven remake actually like they haven't gone for like triple top tier like massive mega stars they've gone for people that are like they have big followings in tv mm-hmm. um but for Kingsclave, yeah they chose to go for like the massive big budget people
1: yeah
0: and like yeah it didn't really make too much sense
2: no
1: it just doesn't seem like well,
0: i guess more the like the, their disparity because you mm-hmm. had those three yeah that they splurged all their money on yeah and everyone else in the cast was the opposite approach of like because Liam Mulvey, who was essentially like the fourth biggest character, or um, Libertus, fourth biggest character in the movie, you know, before that, um, with all due respect to Liam, like he had a few cameos here and there on on British TV, but that it was huge, yeah, huge opportunity for yeah, him. Yeah, and like you know, he was he was like acting alongside Aaron Paul, like that's massive.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I guess at the same at the same point, they probably weren't in the same room.
0: I think they no were they? In yeah, the same room? he he was um
1: oh yeah they were doing mocap weren't they
0: uh no i don't think aaron paul did the mocap but but because um liam did the voice acting Mm. separately Mm. um i think he did say that he was flown over to do the recording (gasps) oh i remember and like he's he um he they didn't in the same booth at the same time but yeah he he spoke to him like when they were leaving
1: oh yeah and said
0: like hi you know i'm playing libertus and stuff it's
1: true but yeah like i think i think that's a fair point it's it's a good point to make because like it's fine it's fine for the initial bit. Like they they put their faces in in the film. Well not even in No they the didn't film. use any of their faces. They didn't use their faces. But I mean what I mean is that like they put their names in the film, whatever, their voices. However, like, yeah, because of how big those people were, there was no follow through afterwards. There was no desire for these people to go and promote the film any more than they're contractually able to. Yeah. And and, like that is fair enough and more power to them. They're very busy. But a smaller voice actor would have done that. A smaller voice actor would have been like more ingrained with the community.
0: I think the thing that bugged me the most about that whole thing was the fact that they then recast them for the game.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing as well. Like, why, why have Lena Headey as Luna Freya in the film, and then make her completely different in in the game? Like, yeah, you same, know, same just,
0: for same for Arden, yeah, same for uh, Regis. Mm. Like, they, I think, I'm pretty sure that every single person who was voiced in Kingslave had a different voice actor for the game.
1: It was very you could tell that this was not planned out. This was not. Even remotely, yeah, like organized, um, for for what it was, um, but, but getting, yeah,
0: getting back to the the experience, yeah, massive yeah. segue there. Sorry, yeah. so like, yeah, I have to apologize. I start, I think I started the segue. <laughs> um, for now, I, I think like yeah, because before the movie, um, we actually didn't get the chance to interview anyone in an official capacity. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I think RPG site were there and they got to interview like. A huge array of the cast all at the same time yeah um but yeah we were just kind of having discreet conversations behind closed doors Ooh. and then I, I distinctly remember there was a confusion around uh what we were seeing because mm. i think so we we got kind of the call okay that, that it's gonna start soon Kind of you make your way to the the screening and then we saw sean bean being ushered in front yep. of us like everyone had to stop no one near Sean Bean. He yeah. was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. Oh my god! Just didn't even remotely like care.
1: He was so funny. Um,
0: and then yeah, so I think then we went up to like the kind of the regular screening. Uh, cause I don't, I, I seem to, there was something weird happened, wasn't there? Like that they weren't too sure which one, I think we went to the prop, the like, one we were supposed to be in and they were like, no, 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 you're not on this list. You're on the one upstairs. And we went to the one up to the other one. And then they were like, no, 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 you're not on this one. You've got to go back down to the other one. Yeah. It was really confusing. And I seem to remember like, was it Sunil that we ended up like, I don't know. There's, there's I something,
1: can't remember.
2: Something
0: happened and yeah, we ended up getting into the right screening that we were supposed to be in. Yeah. And then yeah, like, Holly interviewed uh, Sean Bean very briefly. Mm-hmm before the movie started he gave short answers from what i remember um and then yeah like the whole everything started up the movie um we got to see the movie like amazing visual spectacle
1: yeah like it is gorgeous like don't get me wrong like it's a really gorgeous film um but i think that's what it's almost like they wished that the visuals would carry everything the visuals and the big names would carry everything.
0: I know that immediately afterwards, you had comments and opinions about the uh, cinematography.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, (gasps) I I know. I just
0: knew that. (laughs) Oh, it's
1: really bad though. Like, I don't, I don't want to... Okay, let me preface this by like, if you found Kingsglaive to be an enjoyable experience, I, I, you know that's great i i'm in no way trying to tarnish your love of King's LAve and that is absolutely fine um for me like i'm not even gonna say like as a film student but just as somebody who has watched a lot of films and really loves films and all that sort of stuff like oh my god they did so many fade to blacks in that film I was just like, can you not do a transition that is not fade to black? Can and I just, you not?
0: I just love how like we came out of the movie and we were like asking each other and like other people we knew, oh, what do you think about it? And I was like, oh yeah, it's like all right. And obviously, at this at this time we didn't know the plot of Final Fantasy fifteen, yeah. so we didn't know how how kind of disparate it would be yeah. in relation to the game and um, like where
1: we're, we had a lot of questions as to how things would plan out. We
0: did in the um, game. But yeah, like we were kind of discussing the, the movie and um the different characters and Lauren was just like fade to black.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just so many fade to blacks. And like um i didn't
0: even notice
1: yeah no i know and i know that that's like a that's kind of a weird you've spoken to other
0: people afterwards that also had the same comment as Mm. well as well so you're not alone Mm.
1: It, it was just really it was a really lazy really lazily edited piece um and like i think to a degree it's probably because of the because of the extent that they probably had to go through in order to animate it like i feel like animation probably was crazy but it just it was a very rushed it was a very rushed job and it looked that way it was
0: very rushed and i i'm trying to get my um uh my memory in gear here because from what i remember they started like basically the film was produced in just over a year right Mm. that's what is that correct because i I'm I, not I remember sure. that um it looks like one it. of the one of the cast members had said that, that there was a a big leak about the movie i think it was a year before it came out uh on some chinese website mm. and like everyone behind the scenes was like oh no like it's bit it, the cat's out of the bag everyone knows we're doing this movie and then like it didn't get any traction yeah um and so they were just like dodge the bullet there yeah. everyone the secret safe and then obviously when they announced it at the uncovered event it was like a huge thing because no one expected this movie to be coming out of nowhere but i yeah from what i remember like they the production was really short mm. um and and, and rushed and, and obviously that shows in terms of the continuity between the movie brotherhood and the game because there isn't too much continuity mm. between the various properties
1: that was probably the most disappointing part is that it just didn't really seem it didn't really seem as though they had good communications between the teams that were doing kingsley versus the teams that were doing the game
0: which is it's a shame because like we met the um we met the director and we met the the writer um and like lovely people mm-hmm. and in a way, like it, it kind of felt like Kingsglaive was a bit symptomatic of the wider project of like yeah. everyone kind of got give, given a raw deal. Like they did the best with it they could, mm. and I'm sure that Kingsglaive was a result of like okay, we have a ton of assets that we've already created for the game, um, but we need to like do something else, like just pad things out a little bit, you yeah. know, Just do this here and there, and try and make the best of it. You've only got, like, a really short period of time to adjust what should have been the opening segment into the game into a wider screenplay. And now you've got to make a load of characters up that weren't there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just do your best. Just do it,
1: just do it. Do your best. Yeah, like, I mean, for you and I, like, coming into it with prior knowledge of, like, the characters, but not necessarily the wider story, like, we were really hoping for more from Galauka. We were hoping at least... um, Oh, yeah, like... At least, like uh Gladiolus and Iris would acknowledge the fact that they just lost their father. Um, like we would want we would have wanted maybe um a connection between the Ravis and the game. The Ravis in the game, and the Ravis in the film were like completely different people. They were completely different people.
0: I think I because think, we did that video sh- shortly after fifteen came out, mm-hmm. um looking at sort of the different uh inconsistencies that were present mm. and yeah i think for me glauca was like the biggest like i don't want to say screw up but the missed opportunity yeah because at the end of grave, it's ambiguous as to whether or not he is still alive mm. and in and in fantasy ambigu ambiguity can be used in in any way you want yeah like we we've seen like like i it it still like irks me to this day that Glauca was the like the perfect kind of like uh tester mm-hmm. for for Noctis because Glauca kills his father. Yeah. He also was the head of his father's like personal guard and betrayed Lucis. Yeah. He's the reason why everything went the way it did. Yeah. And like Ravus and um and Luna would also have uh animosity towards glauca Mm -hmm. there was so much they could have done with his character if they brought him back because in in kingscape he was a beast yeah he was an absolute beast he would have been
1: so cool like could you imagine that character could you imagine them like doing a reconstructed version like him having a sort of like reconstructed version of his armor after he loses after he like gets it destroyed and stuff like he would have been the equivalent of of um of a judge. Like that was basically what he was like. He was like he was like Gabranth type of thing where he just looked yeah. so cool. Like
0: he, he could have easily instead of like having Ravis like having this weird role where not he normally knows what he's doing and he, Yeah,
1: he's just kinda of snivelling. He's, yeah, he's, he's the guy from Dragonheart, the like prince from Dragonheart who just kinda <laughs> twat to the side.
0: He's the uh, Game of Thrones as well, like... Um,
1: oh, uh, Prince uh, 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 Joffrey. uh Daenerys' Joffrey.
0: No, brother.
1: Oh, Daenerys, yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, no, I see where you were going with that, not Joffrey. Yeah, um, yeah oh, what was his name? I oh, I remember. don't even remember anymore. But they, delu- they, everybody compared him to him, because they yeah, looked like, the I mean, same. Glaucus could
0: have easily been the head of the Imperial Army. Mm-hmm. Like, a- anything to give him some, like... Because yeah, like Noctis didn't really have that motivation in the same way. Yeah, like if it because Glauca could have been She's like, oh, "I've I killed your father already. I'm going to kill you too," kind of thing. Exactly. Like, let me. End, like, I'm going to single handedly end the in the bloodline. Yeah. Whereas like, Rek'vavus, what like, it was like some petty feud they had from ki- from when they were kids. oh, mm. oh you, you like ran away with your father uh, and didn't come back for me. And now I'm going to resent you for the rest of my life, even though I've chosen not to come with you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I know it, it wasn't the most like compelling, compelling of, of vendettas considering no. it was so one-sided.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> like, but I yeah. haven't met
0: you for 20 years, but, but know that I hate you. Yeah. Who are you Yeah. <laughs> like, what... I loathe
1: you. <laughs> you just it's just a constant a constant thing of Ravis in the bushes just glaring at Noctis <laughs> I'm really angry but yeah so
0: um after after the movie um it was really cool because yeah we got to go back and we got to like speak we actually got to play 15 yes uh early at the at the event yeah um, and we got to yeah talk with um all the cast and like how they felt about it and how amazing it was for them to experience that mm-hmm. and I remember yeah like you talking to um Oh, what was her name? Uh, Andrea mm. uh, Tivadar, I think mm. it is, who played Crow. And uh, yeah, all the kids, yeah. their parents were there as well. The weren't they? kids were
1: having so much fun. They were just like, oh, what do you think of the film? what do you think of the film? And they were just like playing games with each other the whole time. But yeah, they were really cute. Um, and even them, like, I would, like the fact that, you know, this was like their first, their first, well, maybe not their first four-way, but this was like a big, a big thing for them to be involved with. Um, But yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really fun event. Um, I just, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just want, I want so much more from Final Fantasy films, Final Fantasy related films. And it does make me a bit like, I really hope that they do well with this animated series that they're doing with Final Fantasy nine like take a leaf out of Sonic Boom or something like that for the love of god I
0: mean there's tons of Netflix series now that have like faithfully um worked with existing properties like yeah. Castlevania is is from what i gather like really really well respected mm-hmm. um the Dota series from what i gather has done really well yeah
1: all the animated shorts that League of Legends comes out with with uh their characters are freaking adorable i know obviously they're really small but like they've
0: got their series coming out at the end of the year right
1: they're really they're really they really know what their what their fans want and what their fans enjoy which is to not only be amazed but also to laugh and just have fun and i think one of the
0: main issues that the square have often had though with these um with these kind of things is that you know, if when i was looking at the um the league of legends one and they were talking about cuz i think it was with Jeff Keighley, they were talking about during that netflix week they did mm-hmm. um basically what riot did was that they took two of the most kind of senior people that had worked on creating characters and 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 kind of building out the loose law of league of legends and just said like look guys you're off the you're off the team now yeah i want you to make an anime mm mm-hmm. And it was their responsibility to find a studio that they could work with that really had a good style, and and they would work with that studio to basically make this anime. But it's it's from that it's their, their show, yeah. The, the two of them is, it's their show, and though they, they the animation studio is just the facilitators. Square so, well, have never really done that in in the in the same way, yeah. Uh, like, and it's mostly because a lot of the people aren't there anymore to, to be yeah. able to do that. Like you know, Advent Children, like. Kitaze, I don't think was I mean he was kind of involved, but it was really Namura's story to, to tell. Mm-hmm. Um and Sakaguchi obviously wasn't around anymore. And and like parts of the compilation had they, they all had different involvement from different people. So you've got loads of different people writing the characters. Kingsglave, like um the, the director of Kingsglaive and, and the writer of Kingsglaive didn't really work on fifteen. So like and, and like it, it it just seems to be this thing that whenever they do these side projects, it's like they they just give it to someone else. Yeah, just just go and look after that for like it, it's not like it's not part of the main thing. It's it's not something that we're overly bothered in. You just it's just something that needs to exist for our marketing purposes. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the uh, a lot of them are now realizing that if they actually invest in it properly and make something that is is kind of going to be. Um, uh, a positive contribution mm-hmm. to the franchise, mm-hmm. then they end up with different results, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Because like with the Final Fantasy IX anime they're working on, really what they should be doing, and I don't know if he is working on it, they they should have tried to do everything they possibly could to get Hiroyuki Ito, mm-hmm. Hironobu Sakaguchi, and Kazuhiko Aoki mm-hmm. to, to come back and oversee the production of that anime series. Yeah because they are the original writers yeah like yeah. they know the characters more than anyone else and they know that if they're if the characters are going to be in this new setting what story they should tell how they should tell it better than anyone else
1: yeah yeah no it's completely right so it's just but we'll see we'll see yeah what happens we'll that. see what happens but yeah like i mean from a visual again from a visual perspective i think King's looks looks gorgeous, but will I probably sit down and watch it again on a night when I really want to watch something fun? No.
0: And there it is. But do you have fond memories of the the day we spent?
1: I do have fond memories of the day we spent, and i i love I love John Campling and Liam Mulvey, and you know all those guys. Like it, it, it was. I really, yeah, I I really. I really have love for for that whole experience. Will Bowden as well. Um, I just feel that they got a raw deal, and I don't. I I think that in, they in deserved regards, in in yeah. some regards. I think they deserved more, and they deserve more support from Square Enix in the end as well.
0: There we go. That's Lauren's official Boom. verdict at the end. So blocks. <laughs> so yeah, that rounds out our experience with Kingslave going to the premiere. But we also introduced a load of other stuff in the middle about our opinions about King's Slave, Final Fantasy movies in opinions. general, <laughs> and uh, why too many Fade to Blacks is not a good thing. Yes. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 21st of September. <laughs> Until then, check out all our previous episodes on FinalFantasyUnion.com. And if you enjoy what we do, why not support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Union. For now, though, it's time to say goodbye.
2: Goodbye, everyone.
0: And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a final fancynew.com production.